I have some unfortunate news for you. Uh oh. Oh no. What is it now? You're Groundhog Daying. Oh no. What day is it? What year is it? It's Groundhog Day. You're Groundhog Daying. So, like, what's your plan? What are you going to do with that whole loop? Oh, that's okay. So, I think for my first loop, uh, I'm going to just be a rascal. Just truly, I'm just going to be a rascal. Like, I'm going to run, yeah. I'm going to run around and commit a bunch of really petty crimes and have a, a, like an awesome day. Yeah. Like, kind of like graffiti and like public urination level crimes. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to loiter. I'm going to do mail fraud. <laughs> Are you going to solicit in like non solicitation areas? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to walk up to people's doors and be like, I'm not going to sell you or pitch you anything. I'm just here to bother you. And they're going to be uh, like, hey, our, our door says no soliciting. And I'm going to be like, yeah, well, <laughs> hey, I'm in a time loop. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. But what, you know, I think once it gets further in, I'm probably going to start writing poetry and learn chess and. Mm. I've always been pro living forever. Like when people are like, if you had the choice to live forever, would you take it? And I've always been like, hell yeah, I would. <laughs> you have a really optimistic view of yourself. Like given infinite time, you would improve, you think? Yeah. Oh man, absolutely. I would improve. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's good. You, I like gave that. Me, yeah, if you gave me infinite time. The, the thing that's rough though, when you talk about specifically the time loop version of immortality Living the same day over and over again, yeah, that would be rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not do a time loop. I would do living forever. I would not do a time loop. I think like if you could start the day in like an airport or something, that might be ideal. Like because you could at least have like a couple of different fast travel locations you could head off to. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you start in a hub world, right? Yeah, or like at least in New York. Like imagine a time loop in New York City is just like. You've got like a solid thousand years of just kind of like normal life in New York to do with that, I'd say. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. A hundred percent. There are, yeah, there are, there is a uh, Groundhog Dayification meta. Uh huh. Like, yeah. What's the best place to Groundhog Day? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Like we're developing our strategies in case this happens to us. Like, okay. Katmandu, Nepal. <laughs> Wait, what did Tokyo. you say? Tokyo. Katmandu. Oh, Kat- Nepal. Kat- yeah. Uh huh. Tokyo, of course. Of course, Just Japan. Yeah. You can get to like anywhere Japan. in Japan. Korea too. You can get anywhere in Korea in less than a day. So yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is that you are going to be the star of Groundhog Day two. Uh, you know, Aloha from Korea, and Aloha from Korea, <laughs> and you are the Bill Murray of this new cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. Anyonga Seo from Korea. Uh huh. Groundhog Day two. I uh, mine's simple. What am I doing? Uh-huh. I'm Groundhog Daying based upon kind of like just my health recently, like my kind of gut situation. I think my my loop's going to be pretty rough because there's a good chance based on recent data, it's going to start with kind of like a, a troublesome toilet time. Oh, no, dude. So oh, I think that uh, that's so bad. I think my loop is destined to be awful because, you know, it's just going to start from there and go downhill. <laughs> It's my pessimistic view. Oh man. <laughs> See, kids, this is this is why we advocate for good gut health on this show. Have a good stomach flora. Because if you don't and you get in a time loop, you're going to have to wake up with the shits every single morning. <laughs> Drink your Metamucil today because tomorrow you might not be able to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Hello, and welcome to Hey, We Fixed Your Game. This is a show where we take great games and completely reimagine them with our dumb ideas. My name is Dwight, and much like the Nomai, I also struggle with making eye contact. Uh, I'm Caleb, and I only remembered my spacesuit after I left the ship, and that's why I'm so congested. Because space <laughs> is taking its toll on my sinuses. Space is full of pollen. Yeah, classically. And there's nothing more cult classic than Outer Wilds. We're going to explain what Outer Wilds is. We're going to briefly, briefly, briefly share some thoughts, although we could easily talk for hours and hours about this game. And then we're going to patiently and silently wait by a fire for 22 minutes until the game explodes. And uh, after that, we're going to create a new one out of our memories, which have been preserved inside of a statue. Yeah. Whoa. I know. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe the other thing to that wasn't a, a deep spoiler. Like if you heard that, you're OK, but there will be some spoilers in this episode. So if you have not played Outer Wilds, go ahead. This is a green light. If you're interested in Outer Wilds, maybe we'll try and do some of the heavier spoilers later on. But there will definitely be some at the beginning. And uh, if you're not interested in Outer Wilds, uh, then you're good. Stay for this first part where we talk about what the game is and then move on if you haven't played it because truly outer wilds is a game that you really can only play once yeah and like being honest there's some games where oh no i got it spoiled the story is like ruined for me outer wilds is like it is part of the geneva convention that you are not allowed to spoil outer wilds for somebody because like the whole game the core of what makes the game joyful is spoilable yeah yeah it it is it is a war crime (laughs) let's hop into what is outer wilds um so Outer Wilds, if you can't tell, is all about time loops. This is a time looping narrative puzzle game released in 2019 by Mobius Digital. In this game, you are playing from a first person perspective as a little four eyed alien astronaut who's going up into space for the first time who lives in like this tiny uh, solar system with just like a handful of planets that are all like a minute's drive away from each other in your spaceship. Yeah, and they're all they're all small um like Mario Galaxy esque kind of planets. And you yeah. you start the game on this kind of cottage core backwater village type planet. Yeah, kind of like space lumberjack haven type place. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very like space cottage core. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way I have to describe it. Like people are out here on rocking it's, chairs. <laughs> it's spockage core. Spockage core. <laughs> no, that's bad. Sorry, uh, yeah. I shouldn't have laughed. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only laugh at my funny jokes, please. Next loop. Next loop. I'm not going to laugh at that. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think of you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, when you enter into space and you're exploring around the cosmos, you'll notice that after 22 minutes, the sun explodes kind of just casually. And after that happens, you wake up again on your home planet because you're in a time loop and the time loop is induced by the sun exploding. So you over and over again are exploring the ancient ruins on all these planets that were left behind by an advanced civilization in order to understand why the sun is exploding and why there's a time loop. And maybe like a little bit of like, what is the purpose of the universe and why are we here? Like there's definitely some of of that. Yeah. You're kind of trying to pick up and make sense of what this ancient civilization left behind. Yeah. Because they were all definite like, huge jumbo nerd types who were trying to like science oh, they were trying to do nerds. like be science guys uh which is a huge mistake i would highly recommend not trying to be a science guy um i'm coming out hard against stem anti-stem for life yeah yep 
Yeah, us. Yeah, I am as well. This is an anti-STEM podcast. If you're in the STEM field, get out. Uh, we, uh, sorry, yeah, you're out of here, man. If you studied English in college, what's up? Hey, we love to have you here. Good to meet you. Probably the most like noteworthy feature of this game is that this solar system is populated with these dynamic planets that their um, entire being changes throughout these 22 minutes. So, you know, for instance, you might be on one planet where uh, it is collapsing into itself and there's a black hole in the middle of it. So, you know, depending on what time you reach it in the loop, different parts of it have fallen into this black hole. Or there's another planet, there's two planets together where one is covered in sand, the other one is has no sand. It's strictly anti-sand planet uh, in the same way that we are anti-STEM. But then the sand trickles from one planet to the other in like this big, like biblical pillar of salt uh, throughout the loop. Yeah. To the point where at the end of the loop, suddenly the the dry planet is sanded and the sand planet is unsanded. By far my favorite and also least favorite planets, those two. Yeah. Oh, problematic, but definitely there's an appeal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Some of the game's best and worst moments happen there. I can't wait to discuss it with you, Caleb. Uh, this is my favorite game ever, and I am one of the many people who kind of joined in like a cult following of this game. Uh, like It just hit super well, and this game got a lot of accolades. Like It really made a huge splash. You still hear people discussing it uh, in high regard all over the place these days. Uh, it's even what inspired me to make my own game, uh, Hello Again, which listed on Steam. Uh, my game is also a time loop game, also a narrative puzzle game, because I played Outer Wilds and was like, I want to make one of these. So I did, uh, and I'm a hack. So there's that. Yeah, you're nothing if not unoriginal. Yes, uh, of course, always. Caleb writes all my jokes every week, just so you guys know. Yeah, yeah. I, I everything everything that we say, this is a very intensely scripted show. <laughs> everything that is said uh, is on a script. I'm reading off of a teleprompter right now. Yep. Exactly. I actually, I have a whole production team here that are holding up slides for me. The We put a lot of overhead into this show. Anyways, um, Caleb, we should talk about our thoughts and experiences with this game. And Caleb, we have not had any pre-talk about this game. This is live. First time I'm hearing your thoughts. I would love to hear yeah. your takes on Outer Wilds. Well, yeah, first of all, Dwight was like, hey, you, you're not allowed to play this game without me. And I was like, great. And so <laughs> the first like two gaming sessions we had, uh, Dwight was kind of piloting me, mm-hmm. which was really, really helpful because I played this game probably a year ago and I was like, nope, not for me. Don't like it. And then I quit. Like you got like an hour in, right? Yeah, I got about an hour in and I was like, this is mm-hmm. boring. <laughs> and I quit. <laughs> Having Dwight kind of be like, hey, you're not going to know what's going on for a long time mm-hmm. and be confused and frustrated unless you do these like couple things first. And that was invaluable to giving me the kind of momentum to be like, okay, well, I know a couple things. Now I can make informed decisions based on those things. Yeah. But um, yeah, I beat the game Woo! Just, just today. Congrats. Yeah. I got one of the many endings. Uh, I, I, it's just not for me. Uh, I don't think these kinds of games are for me, really, mm. uh, which is unfortunate and sad for me to say because I think this is a good game. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good game. Yeah. Um, it's just not my genre. And, and this is the first time in gaming where I think I've really come up. Not really. Mm-hmm. That's not true. It's a notable example. It's a notable yeah. example of this specific genre of like open world exploration games. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I really kind of struggled with in this game was the, was the open world kind of total open-endedness of it. Mm. Where they're like, 
hey, there are these things in the universe. That's kind of weird. And you kind of fly around and you're like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it is a strictly like unauthored play experience in that like it just dumps you in and doesn't really tell you anything. It gives you a little journal, yeah. which is extremely valuable. But Oh my gosh, the journal was so helpful. And it's honestly a really well-designed journal system. Uh, props to the game's uh, developers and designers. Um, but it really just pops you down. It's like, okay, go figure it out. What are you doing? And you fly around and kind of chart your own course. So I do find it is very polarizing in that there are certain players who are really excited by like this open, ambiguous, uh, kind of like terrifyingly so. Like there's no instructions there's nothing you're supposed to do. It's almost like a story sandbox. Just go learn something today uh, in this loop. Yeah, and it it's the, that's the thing that I struggled with is is that the really for the entire game, even when I had a bunch of plot threads I was following and I was following up on decisions and I was choosing where to go next and making strategic moves to progress the narrative. The whole time I was like, "What am I working towards? Mm-hmm. Like what?" What am I? What's my goal here? And you don't discover the goal until you have all the puzzle pieces. Yeah, that to me was extremely frustrating and very like I would go to a place mm-hmm. and solve a puzzle to get to an area, and the reward would be information. And I'm like, man, what the <laughs> heck? I wanted there to be like a like an answer to a question here, not more <laughs> question. You're hitting it on the head. Yeah, this game really brings to mind the question of like uh, intrinsic motivation between different players and different genres of like different types of players are just inherently motivated to pursue certain play experiences. Uh, And I think a lot of games go out of their way to add incentive structures, you know, like XP and level ups and like these kind of plug and play systems that will give momentum to players, even if they're in a game that isn't their typical genre. But this is a game where like, Literally, they're not giving you anything. They don't care if you like this game. Yeah, you got nothing. Like, that's probably the main defining point of this game is, or one of them is, the designers don't appear to give a singular shit whether or not you like or gel with their game at all. Like, (laughs) they're like, take it or leave it. This is what it is. Which is so sick. Like, I'm really glad they didn't do that (laughs) Uh because it makes it so much of a better game. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. Like there was there was no part of it to me that felt really rewarding. Mm-hmm. There were maybe two moments where I was like, "Oh, nice, I did it." Mm-hmm. And both of those times were solving puzzles where the reward was I was just so infinitely frustrated by the reward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a game if you're thinking listener whether you want to keep listening to the episode or not because we're about to about to transition into the goof zone. Um if you just enjoy kind of like open-ended exploration if you find yourself in skyrim or in breath of the wild like not following quests but instead you just want to see what's around the corner and you just like being in new spaces i think this is a game that is about as satisfying as possible on that front yes in like not only do you get to just go be in interesting places and figure out how to progress but also those places contain a lot of really interesting story i don't know if we explain the story well there's like an ancient civilization that kind of colonized this solar system hundreds of years ago and died out, but they could only speak using writing. So you're going back and you're reading all these conversations that they had to try and figure out what it was they were trying to do and trying to like figure out if they had anything to do with the loop that you're currently in, which spoiler, uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Dwight, you should talk about, you should talk about your experience because I came in with the, with the harsh truth. Mm -hmm. And I think, 
I want you to swoop in with the with yeah. the, this is my favorite game of all time. You should totally <laughs> play this game. Um sometimes you have a friend or a game or a show or an album where it's like uh this has my heart. I love it and therefore I know how problematic it is in some ways or I know that it's not perfect, but I cannot like fault it for any of its major flaws because it's kind of like cross that threshold. And that's what this game is to me. Like I could tell you 20 things wrong with this game. I don't think it's perfect. I think it's actually kind of a frustrating game. And when I think back on my experience playing it, when Caleb was telling me like, I was like, Caleb, where are you at today? He's like, yeah, I'm trying to solve this puzzle. I'm like, I hated that puzzle. Like more than once. <laughs> <laughs> you did do that a lot. Every time I would be like, Dwight, I'm stuck on this thing. I think it's really annoying. And he's like, yeah, that's that's annoying. Uh-huh. Every time I'd be like, gosh, tell me, <laughs> tell me that this puzzle's worth it. And he's like, uh-huh. nah, it's, it's not. <laughs> I kept on telling Caleb, look up the answer. That's what I did. Because I looked up a ton of guides when I played this game. Which I was very proud of myself. I looked up one thing the whole time. That is so impressive because I looked up probably six or like seven puzzle answers. Uh, I was like shotgunning this game. Uh, I think what really won me over to this game and the reason why it crossed past that threshold was like, Certain games, you just have to applaud their ambition for one thing. It's just such a unique play experience. And the story is really good. Like, it is really well written. It completely wrapped me up. I think I particularly have a hard time getting wrapped up in video game stories. Like, I've just noticed there aren't a whole lot of games that stick out to me for story reasons. And this is one that Mm. just completely swept me up in its warm embrace. And I nuzzled up against its bosom while I played it. Yeah, the, the the writing is perfect. It's great the way that the story unfolds as you approach it from multiple angles, perfect. The other thing that really stood out to me was the exploration, kind of as I said earlier. I love exploration in games. It's probably one of my, if you think of like gaming pillars, like what do you look forward to in a game? Exploration is like definitely my top three. It might be in my top two. Uh, I love puzzles and then probably quickly followed by exploration. So I love Skyrim. I love Tunic. I love... Uh, the Breath of the Wild games. Uh, I love even like the Mario games for this reason. I just like being in spaces and like getting to know them inside and out. Even in real life, I every day see buildings and I'm like, I want to know what's inside that building. Get me in there. <laughs> You're trying to do some urban exploration <laughs> slash breaking and entering. Awesome. <laughs> yep. That's that's going to be your loop crime is you're going to do some <laughs> breaking and entering. I will enter every building in America. I promise you this. Anyways, the other thing I'll say about... Uh, about Outer Wilds before we hop into the goofs, which I promise are coming. It's just this game. Yeah. This game merits a lot of serious discussion. It might be. It does. Uh, we might end up ungoofing ourselves midway through because we get caught up in uh, something interesting. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, we're going to be doing a lot of like, you know, we're, we're trying to achieve the quantum goof where you're like, we're making goofs and then you close your eyes and you open them again. It's actually just like a serious thing the whole time. It's been serious the whole time. And then you close your eyes and then you. It's, it's moved itself to the serious column. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just keep, you know, every time you blink, it's like, ah, they're being serious again. Oh, it's a goof. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're yeah, that's uh-huh. what we're shooting for. Um, yeah. So the other thing I'll say is just that um, I am a big fan of accessibility in games. And I think that people who write great stories in games owe it to the world to make those stories accessible to people who maybe don't feel intrinsically motivated by the gameplay in that game or who maybe are not able to engage with the gameplay in that game in the way that their core audience would. I think a great example of this is Celeste, an amazing game that has some of the best accessibility features to the point where you can pretty much remove any challenge from the game. The game's designers didn't see that as a problem. They saw that as like this game 
is beautiful. It's exploratory. It has a great story. We don't want to keep people from experiencing that because maybe they have, um, you know, maybe they have issues when it comes to being able to manipulate a controller or maybe they just don't have time. Uh, so I really wish that Outer Wilds had more of an accessibility angle of trying to make itself a less frictional experience so that people like Caleb could start it and get into it without needing a little Dwight in their Ratatouille hat kind of pulling on their hair, telling them what to do. I'm a little I'm a little offended that you that you see me as a linguini type plant gamer. As needing accessibility features. We all do sometimes. No, uh, we do. I'm just offended <laughs> that you see me as linguini. Oh, and that you're linguini. the you're the Remy Ratatouille <laughs> to my linguini. Well, I mean like let's look at our body types, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Yeah, you are a bit of a rat guy. <laughs> and you're dead. And I am a linguini noodle. <laughs> you got you got some real linguini energy going on. Uh, oh man, it, it's a it's a compliment. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, it's, it's not. It's not. I'm Patton Oswalt. You're the random redhead kid. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I am a big advocate for um, having built-in features to help people get oriented in your game. Because Caleb, after our first two sessions, you didn't need my help anymore. You were up to speed. Yes, I was. I had plenty of little narrative hooks to follow, and yeah. I was following them, and that got me to the end of the game. Yeah, I think that's just the thing. It's like if if you're gonna play this game. I don't consider this a spoiler. I recommend the first place you go is the Adel Rock, the moon. Um, yep. Just because that contains the biggest plot hook, in my opinion, and kind of the the most significant plot hook to at least experience early on in the game. It's the best framing for the rest of the game. And I wish that the game pushed you harder towards those things, but the game's just so laissez-faire, it's pretty much an Andrew Ryan-type game. Like, yes, it will not yeah. take any action one way or another to impact the outcome of your playthrough. And it's just a bit too satisfied letting people have a bad time playing it for my tastes. Because I was squarely within its core audience. I love it. But uh, I will always resent it for the number of friends I've recommended and they bounced off because it makes itself so obtuse. The ending of the game is beautiful. And it had to be. like for Because yeah. the entire game is building. Like... Mm-hmm. Normally games have these kinds of, you know, narrative ups and downs, you know, they're trying to achieve this kind of like you know, narrative roller coaster to keep people engaged. Mm-hmm. This game is just building. The entire time you're solving puzzles, <laughs> getting little bits of information, building, building, building. So the ending, that's the whole time, the whole game I was like, "Oh god, the ending better be so freaking good." <laughs> and it was. And that paid off a good chunk of the frustration that I had with the game just narratively the fact that I just felt like there was always walls of text that I was asked to read and understand that I didn't the ending is excellent the the path to get there pretty frustrating uh pretty beautiful it's a great path it's a long crescendo I'll give you that but I mean it's just a matter of taste you know yeah, it is. At the end of the day, that's like, I can't give this game a negative review. I just have to say that it wasn't for me because it is mm-hmm. an excellent game. Yeah. And, you know, we've played some games that are way up your alley, Caleb, that I was like, eh, not quite for me. Uh, I mean, Deep Rock Galactic being one that I it, towards the end, I was starting to get it, but it, it, I bounced off it several times. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I have bad news, which is that the party people all already left uh, because we spent too much time being serious and uh no come back please the, come back party people it's gonna get goofy come back because uh, i'm about to hit the, the goof button i'm the dj at this party 
And when I hit this goof button, the sun's going to explode. Hark, uh, the quantum goof cometh. The quantum goof. Uh, you see the quantum goof is currently orbiting this planet. Don't blink. Don't blink. The eye of the goof. Do not <laughs> blink. Don't miss the goof we're going to make. <laughs> All right. This is kind of like a hardware feature I think they should implement, like a custom hardware. Okay. Um, so my biggest complaint about this game is that it's all like knowledge based progression. So you cannot play yeah, it twice yes. unless you have forgotten the game. Cause like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot play it twice. The moment you, you start it up again, I would know exactly what to go do. Like I just know how to resolve the game now. It is kind of crazy that there's so much of the game that is just ancillary mm-hmm. that if you know the right thing to do, you could just go do it, which is yeah. it's, it's on one hand kind of cool. On the other hand, kind of annoying that you had to go do all this other stuff to figure out how to do the things that could win you the game in less than 22 minutes well it's kind of like a metroidvania in that sense it's like yes you know you have the big door at the beginning and you're just collecting the correct abilities to get past that big door um kind of in this case the correct knowledge to get past the big door exactly it's it's a metroidvania is actually the term for this genre actually that's a great name for the genre it is it's perfect there's like only like seven metroidvania games my game will be the eighth. I don't know how, exactly how many there are, but um, I, I'm in love with this genre. Anyways, um, so here's what I propose. a uh, Kind of like a mesh you could put on your head, like a little helmet thing that like hooks up to kind of like a big electric style lever, like the type you'd find at a power plant uh-huh. that can erase your memory of the game. Kind of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind style. Oh, nice. Okay, good. And like... That's that's good. Yeah, so you could like forget your experience of the game and play it again. So is this like the Wii Zapgun or the Wii Fit Board? It, or? It's a lot like the Wii Fit Board, actually. Now that you okay. ask, yeah, all right. You actually yeah. have to stay balanced perfectly while you're wearing the hat, or else it will start to erase other memories. Is the thing? Oh no! Yeah. Uh huh. So like the worst case scenario is you come out from it, and um. You do still remember Outer Wilds, but you don't remember your spouse's name or how to eat food. Yeah, yeah. You, you for- forget your, babe, what's my social security number? <laughs> You've forgotten how to swallow, you know. Uh-oh. Oh, goodness. Uh-huh. But. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. But if all goes well, you've forgotten how to swallow and forgotten the plot of Outer Wilds. So Yeah, yeah. Good. And honestly, you could go without swallowing to play Outer Wilds again. <laughs> yeah. Give me some tubes and get me my controller because tube me up it's <laughs> tubes and loops is what we're all about tubes and loops yeah yeah <laughs> we're a tubes and loops only podcast this next is... <laughs> episode we're going to talk about our favorite type of tubing we're going to talk about pipe dream for uh windows 95 only real ones understand that reference yeah or we could talk about the, the hacking mini game from bioshock because it's the same thing Ooh, my <laughs> least favorite part of that game caleb i'm going to pass it over to you for an idea because i just realized the rest of my ideas all have major spoilers <laughs> well we are going to spoil the game so we need to lean into that at some point we do so, the entire game, the little Nomai skeletons that you see floating around are all talking about this, ooh, the eye of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want us all to take a moment to close our eyes mm-hmm. and to think about what other orifice could the center of the universe have been? <laughs> it's almost not worth thinking about. Uh, it's very worth thinking about. I know the first one that came to my head. And <laughs> I, I bet you I know the first one that came to your guys' head. Because it looks... A little bit like a pupil, I guess. Not a dilated one. Uh, I have. I had never thought about how a nostril looks like a pupil. You're correct, though. 
Um, oh, yeah. Nostril is what I was going for. I would love that if it was the nostrils of the universe and like Elden Ring style at the end, you come in and it's just a big nose. <laughs> it's like we got to find the nostrils of the universe. And at the end, it's like the nose you find on those novelty like disguise glasses with the fake mustache underneath it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bud. Welcome to the end of the world. I'm the nostrils of the universe. I kind of like that they didn't go with the the gaping maw of the universe because mm. we're all kind of tired of gaping maws in video games, right? Yeah. Like we're sick of it. We're done. What is another adjective that you can put before maw? Because I think maw and gaping have been going steady for too long, and it's time for us to break up this couple. Vapid maw. Oh, that's good. Which doesn't sound nearly as good and doesn't mean the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of that's a bit of a hard one to Ca- cavernous cavernous maw. Cavernous is very good. Yeah, let's say cavernous. Man, I was gonna say plump maw, but that's more of a lips thing. And in in lipped yeah, maw. Yeah, yeah, the maw is not the lips. And lipped, yes, yeah, and lipped. Big lipped maw. <laughs> big you lipped stare maw. into the big lipped maw of the darkness. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> sexy big lips. <laughs> Darkness is kind of sexy, though. Does it be looking back at me? <laughs> I'm staring into the void. Do it be looking back? Hey, oh hey. God, you're always looking at me. Yo, what up, void? Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the eye of the universe, pretty boring. I think we mm-hmm. need to go with the uh, voluminous maw of the universe. And I do think that, yeah, eyes are overplayed. Um overplayed weird that you're going into an eye though you can't go into an eye yeah i will say if it was maw like the whole idea is that the nomai were attracted they wanted to come find the source of this like the eye of the universe yeah yeah but if it was maw it would probably be like trying to get as far away from the maw of the universe as possible that's true that's true the, it keeps coming after us uh-huh. we're trying to get out of here this is it follows it's just this yeah. big plump lipped like astral mouth following us across the universe help that's some Lovecraft stuff. That's that, that's some Lovecraft shit right there. Does Lovecraft have a book where it's just like 50s style red lipstick, gigantic cartoon lips following after somebody in like a main like lobster fishing town? The, the, the whole time the guy's like, oh, I can't handle this anymore. My my brain is breaking. And the lips like, mm, kissy, kissy. <laughs> Come over here, sugar. Uh, I just I want to be racist to people so bad, but my brain is it's breaking at the possibility of a huge maw. <laughs> hey, hon, don't be racist. Come over, give me a kiss, hon. No, I'm gonna be more racist. <laughs> I'm gonna be so much more racist. Whatever. That's what a Lovecraft story is all about. <laughs> yeah, is about um how Cthulhu doesn't want you to be racist, but you're a rebellious teen. You gotta be racist just to, just to piss off Cthulhu. <laughs> Um, Caleb, something we haven't described is, uh, sand. And there's a whole lot of sand in this game. Um, I hate sand, Dwight. It's rough. Mm -hmm. It's coarse. It gets everywhere, but your skin is so smooth. And I, I, I like your skin. It's not like sand, which is why I like you. Oh, I never considered that our friendship might be mostly kind of like based on a mutual skin respect between the two of us. Yeah, it's a textured friendship. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Cause my, You've got a nice texture. Thanks, I, I agree. You do as well. You're real smooth. And when I'm talking oh, to people about my friend Caleb or the podcast, I'm like, dude, you got to check it out. Caleb's skin is so radiant. And they're like, isn't it an audio thing? And I'm like, but you can tell. 
What about sand, Dwight? Do you you really don't like? I I agree. Sand, boring. There should we should replace this course, course and boring. Uh, we should replace the sand in this game. Um, so there's the the hourglass twins where there's sand on one and it's going over to the other. So I think we should discuss things that could be pouring from one planet in a deluge to the other in this game. My first suggestion is, of course, Nickelodeon slime. Yeah, of course it is. Yes, it's loop goop. It's just like a viscous, bright green loop goop. And if you fall into it in the game, you die. And as you die, you hear the laughing of children from the Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just, just like horrifying. <laughs> Kids who are obviously way too into watching like hot celebrity women get slimed. Here's my proposed opportunity for some really good immersive world building, right? Uh-huh. So Ember Twin is the one where all the people lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one lived on Ash Twin. Ash Twin is a big planet of sand. Mm-hmm. No one lives there. All of the the civilization is on Ash Twin, which is the uh, the dry planet where all the on, sand on goes. Ember Twin. Sorry, Ember Twin. Ember, yeah, Ember Twin. Twin. What was I saying before? Oh, you got it right the first time. But but you better believe I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to dunk on you when you get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Can you dunk on me a bit harder though? Yeah. Hey, Caleb, you freaking idiot. Ember Twin, Caleb. Ember Twin, Ember Twin, Ember Twin. Paul Bufano, Paul Bufano. Hey, Paul Bufano, hey, Paul Bufano. <laughs> <laughs> um, opportunity for some world building here. There's no sewage mm. in Ember Twin, as far as I could tell. I didn't see a single toilet the whole game. Yeah. They disposed of their sewage on Ash Twin. It's no longer Ash Twin. <laughs> they just dump all their sewage to the nearby planet. They're like someone else will take care of that like yeah the nomai are a bit too perfect you know it's true they need to have some some like modern flaw or foil Uh right and i think theirs is pollution (laughs) so they're just constantly throwing like plastic stuff all over their towns and like ah someone else will deal with that Uh and here it is like presumably millions and millions of years later and you're wandering around picking up little bits of plastic and like forever chemicals Mm mm-hmm and there's this whole planet that's literally just sewage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you keep finding notes on Ember Twin that are like, yeah, yeah, never go to uh-huh. to, to Sewage Twin. Yeah. That's, we're leaving that as a problem for later. It's never going to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, there will be a time in the future when the sewage starts to spill back onto Ember Twin, but we're not going to have to worry about that ever. Yeah, uh-huh. Totally. Or like a lot of people who are kind of concerned about it, but then a lot of people who aren't. Um, too sad. Too sad. Oh, dang. Too sad. Too sad, Caleb. Let's talk about the happy things. Like, um, what else? What? What? What's a happy thing? Like the world ending in twenty-two yeah, yeah. minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, I do like this goof in that I think that other types of pollution they have. Like, what if there was just space junk everywhere because they had so many satellites and you can't get anywhere? Like every time you're like jetting to a planet, you're always bumping into like space mines and like you know, luxury space hotels and like space Bugattis uh, that are just abandoned. Space advertising boards. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I think that that would be really immersive because you're so right. These these little nerds, these Nomai, these ancient aliens are just like these dorkasauruses who have no idea how to have a good time. You can tell. They're just always. Yeah, they are freakazoids. They've never seen uh, Dazed and Confused yeah with uh matthew mcconaughey they've never seen it uh i think i might be a nomai 
I don't I don't even know I don't even know what that is. Loser. I I have heard of Matthew McConaughey though. So uh, They've certainly never seen Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah. They've not seen 2023 Bottoms. They have not seen 2023 Bottoms. Perfect movie. What what other fun thing can we have spilling between these two planets? <laughs> if you refuse to think about the possibility <laughs> of a sewage well, planet. I do No, no, I like the sewage planet. No, no. You're not supposed to like the sewage planet, Dwight. I love it. It's a sewage planet. If I had the opportunity on Earth, I would contribute to the sewage planet. Uh, I would do my part of not thinking, of holding my nose, and just contributing to the next generation's problems. I would love to. Um, it would be my joy. I, I was going to say, I've seen some footage of Starfield. I don't know if Starfield's quite my thing, but I'm very impressed by the physics of them laying down items in the world. And it got me thinking about... Um, how people would always dump a bunch of cheese wheels in Skyrim. So what if uh, yeah. the Ash Twin was just cheese wheels? <laughs> just like millions of individually instanced simulated physics objects. They're all cheese wheels. Instead of one just kind of weird amorphous gray blob of sand uh-huh. that gets funneled, quote yeah. unquote. That they're just decreasing the, the scale of the 3D model. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Uh, no, instead it's cheese wheels. <laughs> The game is getting better, slowly. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. And very important to making this be a good game is a dating sim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is an easy one. I thought about this. What's your idea for the dating sim? I have three, actually, this time. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll start with the weakest first, which is, um, so the dark bramble has spooky fish in it. And those fish, they want to eat you, and they're huge. Uh, They're called anglerfish. Yum, yum. Uh, Yum, yum. Ding, ding, that's the dinner bell, your dinner. But what if the way you got through the Dark Bramble was <laughs> was dressing up your ship to look like an anglerfish? And then, like, basically every loop, the anglerfish are catcalling you, talking about your appearance, and you have to, like, you have to alter your appearance every day to be progressively more and more, like, kind of the cultural standard for, like, anglerfish like female beauty yeah a little dialogue box pops up and it's like oh you'd be so hot if it wasn't for your weird freaking light tentacle <laughs> yeah like hey looking pretty good toots if only your fish boobs were bigger and then you have to go find a pair of prosthetic fish boobs to put on your ship yeah, yeah. that's the uh, uh those teeth are looking a little dull sweetheart why don't you sharpen <laughs> those up and you gotta go yeah that what if the ashwin project you know you're you're hearing all this time about the ashwin project you finally make your way find out what it is and it was just a pair of fish boobs it's just the perfect we've done it we can finally we could finally seduce the higher species <laughs> the perfect pair of fish boobs you can go to like the anglerfish lord jabu jabu uh, from Ocarina of Time <laughs> and, <laughs> and go romance him by shaking your little fish boobies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I, for, honestly, I thought that's the direction the game was going when it introduced the um, anglerfish skeleton uh-huh. on Ember Twin. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and like the gnome I keep describing it, so they're like, yeah, you know, starting a, a civilization would be easy, but it's been really difficult because so many of our gnomi keep throwing themselves into the jaws of these anglerfish. <laughs> um, the kids, they have a, a saying, uh, eat me, mommy, that is just permeated this entire society. Yeah, they've built up this mythology around it. it, uh-huh. it it's a problem. Uh, Caleb, I promise at some point me or you is going to lose an opportunity for a job because 
somebody's going to happen across our podcast. It's going to hear us saying things about fish boobs and eat me, mommy. And it's going to say that we're not fit for the workforce. Um, no, no one's going <laughs> to get this far in because we, yeah. we told them that STEM is out and they're uh, going to be like, they'll have already written us off. <laughs> no, I, I legitimately thought that you could get into this, like the skeleton of the anglerfish and like that would be, or like attach the, um, the light, tentacle mm, mm-hmm. a little light appendage onto your ship and then be able to pass as one of them yeah but that's not the solution to that puzzle so it's not. if you think it is and you play this game it's not i actually really like the solution to that puzzle that was a really tense part of the game i was a big fan i like i like the anglerfish don't like the solution uh fair very fair going slow is not my favorite part of any game yeah also i was playing on keyboard instead of uh controller and it was pretty miserable because it was either Full speed or no speed for me. So yeah, yeah, uh, that man, part was hard. That's tough. Dating sim number two, a publicly available uh, romantic partner uh, that is kind of like interested, but they're a quantum romantic partner. <laughs> so you got to keep looking at them, keep that eye contact going or else like you, you blink and now they're with your friend Dave. Oh, man. Yeah. And he's never going to let you live it down. Get those eye drops ready, fellas. Get yeah. those eye drops ready. You know that Dave, he's not going to blink. He's been waiting for this one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you blink and then your quantum partner is halfway across the galaxy. <laughs> that too. Dave Dave doesn't live close. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Dave's Dave's in uh, Arizona, huh? Uh, yeah, Dave's over in Arizona. You're here in Maine. And um, sorry, but your girlfriend just got quantum cannoned into dave's loving embrace there's nothing you can do about it until dave blinks which we know he's not gonna Uh no he's been wanting this the whole time Uh uh-huh that'd be funny like taking like college girl talking about her boyfriend like well he's just so sweet to me he treats me right you know he's the type of guy my daddy would like it's obvious that when i'm around he's not thinking about anything else meanwhile in kind of like a basketball defensive pose is this weird guy who is just like staring his eyeballs out, blinking one eye at a time, being like, don't go anywhere. I'm not looking anywhere else. I can't let you go. He's perfect in every way, except he is quantum. So uh, (laughs) that makes it hard, but you know, Uh he's great. He treats me really well. He's just, you know, sometimes he's quantum and he can't help that. Sometimes he's gone for work and sometimes he's gone because that is the nature of the fabric of his reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes he's gone because I turned to get the laundry out of the washer put it in the dryer and you know made that mistake before yeah classic blunder the secret to having a quantum romantic interest is to have those mirrors that are in public school hallways just absolutely everywhere like living in a mirror house so that there's yeah, always yeah. some portion of the quantum partner that you can see or you know a camera yeah not to give away the puzzle anyways uh before i give Third and final, uh, do you have any dating some ideas? Uh, well, I mean, I my first instinct was a real one, which is I really want to date Chert. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I have a thing for drummers, and uh, <laughs> I like Chert. He, he, his little drumming made me go, I'm going to fly straight to you, baby boy. <laughs> Did you find yourself spending most of your playtime just kind of like repeating dialogue options for Chert? Um, I, I, I did spend a lot of time sitting around at Chert's fire. Uh-huh. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Wonder why that could be Ash twin. Uh. 
Yeah. Uh, no reason. Um, it's not because I wanted a big shirt. Uh. <laughs> no, but like at at the uh, at at the end of the game, all of the uh, so these are different villagers from your central planet your like home base planet mm-hmm. who are all out exploring the solar system they're astronauts. playing these instruments they're astronauts uh-huh um they're harthian astronauts and they're out exploring the universe and playing little instruments so one of them has a banjo one of them has a drum one of them has a flute um one of them is whistling mm-hmm. it's lovely yeah it'd be funny if one of them had like a had like a vuvuzela so you're like using your scanner and you're hearing like you know and then you got like the drummer like do, 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 do. and then you like turn a little bit over and it is <laughs> I think yeah I think in the next universe like in the next loop iteration of the universe the instruments are way dumber <laughs> yeah we got a kazoo we got a vuvuzela there's uh, I think one of them is uh, scatting they're just going scooby scoop and that's like you tune into that and you're like uh uh-huh. I don't want to go to that planet. Perfect. Got one of them who is like playing a a brass instrument but doing it really poorly. They're doing they're playing trombone champ. Um, <laughs> that's my trombone champ impression that's a pretty <laughs> one of them's gonna be a soundcloud rapper for sure <laughs> that'd be so funny you're like scanning around and when i was like oh yeah uh three two one uh yeah my check my check and i always stay on i'm out here on space on the planet of the yard <laughs> <laughs> Anglerfish make my dick hard. (laughs) 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 This sounds like Chert, dude. I'm not going to lie. No, dude. Chert's the hottest. He's the drummer. You haven't heard his voice lines. You didn't turn voiceover on in the settings, dude. (laughs) He talks talks like that. He goes, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my, welcome to Amber Twinia. <laughs> oh man, I'm not about that. Yeah, never mind. Uh, I'm not yeah. in anymore. <laughs> it's like you had your meet cute via eye contact only, and that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, well, the meet cute is you hear that drum he's doing. He's going goon goon doon doon doon, and you're like, yeah. whoa, okay. Uh huh. So he's in a band, right? He's the drummer. I'm 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 sidling over. So you fly over to his planet, and he goes. Walk on my campfire. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my mixtape over there by the marshmallows. Just pop that into your CD player. I'm trying to make a big on SoundCloud. Yeah. I feel like this is Kip from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Like the entire story of him. After after he becomes after he becomes cool. Yeah, you're right. Well, but he this is also probably the experience that is his girlfriend that he met on the chat room. You're just jealous because I've been chatting online with hot babes all day. I, I speaking of hot babes, I've got a. Uh, Actually, I just I just realized one of my other ideas is secretly a dating sim. Um, yeah. So first off, uh, basically you are there's like one hottest Harthian who is like the it person. Like everybody wants to be dating them, but they're super picky. Yeah, right. So every day uh-huh. you are trying to get through like a sprawling 
thousands of nodes deep dialogue tree trying to pass their test like get oh, through dude, that would be awesome all of the questions but like that would be that's a real suggestion that's so cool but it would be like 15 minutes of just like answering things the exact same way you really are bill murray in groundhog day with this you know trying yeah. to trying to get uh with andy mcdowell's character um and it is just like every day you're getting shut down you're getting so far but it's like you said that you like lime flavored yogurt and well sorry red flag yeah well because that actually is a red flag who the hell would ever say that dwight uh key lime flavored yo play yogurt was a core pillar of my childhood and you can go oh, you can go suck on an anglerfish tentacle caleb <laughs> okay all right i i you know what i'm not gonna yuck your yum <laughs> you probably ate lunchables too as a kid you freak all i'm saying <laughs> all i'm saying is that key lime yogurt was my loop goop okay <laughs> step off <laughs> you were always looping on that goop uh-huh you get you you went to the fridge and kept coming back for that <laughs> um final final dating sim uh is uh uh-huh. so at the end of the game it's kind of like you realize the whole universe is ending and that you have the opportunity yeah. to participate in the creation of a new universe, which is beautiful and awesome. Uh, yeah, and they like play a song around the campfire, and it's this beautiful. It's a song you've been hearing the whole game. Uh huh. Which is uh, "Low" by Flo Rida featuring T Pain. Yeah, "Hot Shower" by Chance the Rapper. <laughs> exactly. Um, hot damn hot water, hot shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm thinking, as you guys are all kind of creating the new universe together. So like the eye of the universe is talking to you. It's like, what do you desire for this new universe to be? And like all the Hearthians look over at each other and kind of like nod. And they're like, um, babes, maybe. Yeah, let's do babes, like a babes universe, maybe. All right. Um, I'll take I'll take. All right. Hear me out. One quarter babes. One quarter marshmallows. Oh, hear yeah. me out. One quarter graham crackers, one quarter chocolate. I think we're done, gang. I think we're done. <laughs> that would be a much better universe, I think. And the nomad is like the nomad is like so Solanum is like, wait, wait, no, 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 wait, wait. Yeah, like guys, guys, wait. We gotta have science. It can't just be got, wait, wait, s'mores wait. and s'mores and babes. There's not even fire on this one, guys. Um, actually, I think we'll be just fine. Uh, you don't have to hang out with the babes, is all I'm saying. Uh, Solanum, you're not invited. You're gonna have to find your own universe. Solanum, uh, gets... this is the S'mores Babes universe. <laughs> Solanum's like, fine, I'll make my own universe, and it's gonna be beautiful until he realizes that his budget is uh significantly slashed because he got like kind of second pickings after the Babes and S'mores universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Eye of the Universe was like, damn, okay, yeah, Babes and S'mores universe. This is way <laughs> better than the last group who made the universe. Yeah. What if? Okay, so hear me out. Our universe is made of atoms. And what if atoms yeah. were, you know, the previous universe before this one, what if atoms were kind of like a s'mores equivalent? And at some point they got to remake the universe and they're like, okay, what do you want to make the universe out of? And it's like, we got to do atoms. And it was like a silly goof between the boys, you know? Guys, <laughs> hear me out. This time around, it's all atoms. The electrons and the protons. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Oh, dude, that'll be so funny. Yeah, dude, they're gonna think it's so. The new people who are Adam people are gonna think this is so freaking funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then just unironically, the universe becomes made out of atoms, and suddenly it's just uh, it, the joke is super not funny anymore. It's 
incapable of being perceived as a joke anymore. Yeah, yeah, and it's nerdy and cool. Yeah, yeah, and then all the stem, pe- and then all the stem people are like, "Oh, atoms, we're made out of atoms." Who freaking cares, man? <laughs> Go back to your books. You freaking nerds, uh, frick you. <laughs> um, but then I also think, uh, kind of in this new universe, it's just like uh, everything is made out of babes, you know, and kind of like syndrome yeah. style. If everything's babes, nobody is. And nothing is babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gosh, I wish there was something that wasn't babe shaped around here that I could be attracted to. Cause I'm just so sick of looking everywhere and seeing hot babes. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. well the good news is it's only 25% babes. So yeah, the rest you could, you, you, you can get aroused by the other uh-huh. 75%. Yeah. The funny thing about a s'mores universe is it sounds like 75% of a Mario Kart level. And then the other 25% <laughs> sounds nothing like a Mario Kart level. Sounds like a Forza game. Sounds like the, <laughs> like a Need for Speed game. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. It's it's Mario Kart, but a hot babe walks out in a bikini with the like flags and then sets uh-huh. you off yeah. on your race. <laughs> You're like walking across the, the s'mores bridge, and then there's like the babes mountain, and one of these things is not like the others. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, that's so funny um (laughs) so well while we're on the the topic of alternate endings to the universe um yeah yeah you're talking about the eye of the universe being another orifice yes i was thinking so the eye of the universe really the one thing we know about at the beginning of the game is that it sent out a frequency um and yeah yeah i thought i thought that it was implied that that was the song that like the 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 last group's song yeah kind of following and I think that, like, you know, it probably is a song. But here's my proposal, is that at the end of the game, you find out that if, like that frequency that was mistaken as being the idea of the universe was really just on Earth, a college radio station that happened to be at the perfect resonant frequency of, like, the fabric of reality. <laughs> so, like, this entire, like, uh, know my spaceship shows up in orbit. They think they found the... I have the universe and they pull up to like, uh, you know, green city community college. And they're like, give us the truth. What is the truth? Meanwhile, some kid is in there and he's just like back to back playing blink 182 albums, start to finish. <laughs> and here, like the no are having like an orgasmic, like existential experience, like absorbing blink 182 as their holy gospel of like, this is the meaning of the world. Oh, um, you guys looking for the truth? I think we have Weezer in here somewhere. <laughs> I think that about covers it for Outer Wilds. Absolute lightning yeah. round. Uh, let's do an outro. Do you have any games, TV, movies, or sculptures that you would like to recommend? Oh, man. Um, go visit the Chicago Sculpture Gardens <laughs> the, at the Art Institute. Uh-huh. Um, no, uh, go to archive.org and search up Nirvana, the band, the show. <laughs> uh, you won't regret it. It is a Canadian comedy television show. Uh, two seasons, hysterical. Go watch Nirvana, the band, the show. Is it about teen spirit Nirvana? No, no, nothing to do with Nirvana. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, it's about a, these two guys who are a band and their whole arc in every episode is to try and get a show at this one like restaurant venue. Mm-hmm. And their only goal in all of the episodes is to get a show at this, at this music venue. And they do these crazy, goofy, kooky plans to get these shows. Uh, <laughs> and it's hilarious. 
That sounds wonderful. And it's all free on archive.org because it's not streaming on anything. Wow. I'm going to shout out one that I know you would like to shout out as well. Okay. I have been so busy. I've barely had time to play games except for I have been on the go and I've played some absolutely sick rounds of Slay the Spire. Oh, dude, we've been gaming on Slay the Spire uh-huh. so hard. There was a point where I was like, man, I'm kind of sick of Outer Wilds. Maybe we should just pivot to an episode about Slay the Spire because I freaking love this game. I, I think we texted about it briefly. Um, we might have. Yeah, Slay the Spire is so good. I'm falling in love with it again. I just, I've been grinding for a win over the past couple of weeks and I just finally got one with the Silent last night using a world-ending Shiv deck. I beat the final boss with so much health left and with such oh, a man. wide margin, it was absolutely the best feeling. Yeah, when I came over to Dwight's house to play Boulder's Gate several weeks ago, he was like, hey, why don't you play Slay the Spire? Because you'd never played it. I'd never played it. I was like, sure, yeah, I guess I'll play. And then I immediately was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I knew that that was going to be your thing. <laughs> I Well, because I freaking love Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And it scratched the Magic the Gathering itch of like combos and card efficiency and mm-hmm. synergy so hard. And it made me really, really happy. Yeah. Slay the Spire, amazing game. So yeah, I, I I beat the game. I've beat it with all three core classes. I'm working on that fourth win. Yeah, really quick. I will shout out once again my game, Hello Again. If you like Woo. Outer Wilds, uh, come check out Hello Again. It's like Outer Wilds, but cute and with a lot more characters in it. If you don't like Outer Wilds, <laughs> I promise Hello Again is nothing like Outer Wilds. Um, if you like Call of Duty, it's like Call of Duty. Whatever, just play my game. I promise you'll like it. Um. <laughs> yeah, your game, honestly, the thing that your game does that I like over Outer Wilds by a pretty significant margin is that your game actually has interesting characters that you want to keep talking to. Because with Outer Wilds, I was immediately like, cool, 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 cool shut up, shut up, shut up. I got to go explore. Because <laughs> uh, they didn't have anything good to say, really. I've been doing rarely. hardcore playtesting over the past couple of weeks, pushing new builds. And I just pushed a build that has a ton of new story content in it that basically like doubled the depth of each character. Public demo available mid-October. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, and next week, or not next week, two weeks from now, we are going to be playing a game that I think is flying under the radar, but I just bought it today. I'm so excited to dig in. It is- Flying under the Senar? Under the Senar. This game is called Chants of Senar. That's chant with a T, not like Chance the Rapper, like a B A O E B A W A chant um chance gregorian style chance of senar uh it is a terrible name but it looks very promising it is like whoa it's an obradin style game i repeat it is an obradin core obradin like game that should be setting off alarm bells that which is always gonna make me and caleb get crazy horny so um, yeah, 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 yeah. Excited to discuss that one uh, in two weeks. Caleb, thank you for playing my favorite game. Hey, man, it was, it was, I know I kind of did a little dookie on it, but it was my pleasure. <laughs> no, you didn't do a dookie. I think you're really respectful. Uh, and Aww. you obviously beat it and had a lot of admiration for it. Perfectly fair to say that it's not your genre. I've felt that way over many games. So Elden Ring, it's like, this game is great. Uh, if I suggest a game for just doing a podcast, you can't say it's bad or I'll cry. Caleb, your games are perfect. All right, we'll tune in in two weeks or we're going to watch Caleb cry. Bye, everybody. See you, everyone. <laughs> Take it easy. Hey, We Fixed Your Game was created and produced by Dwight Davis and Caleb Connor. The music you're hearing right now is the song Austin by Zachary Wilson off of the album Chip Off the Old Block. You can find more of Zachary's music on streaming platforms of your choice. 
or you can find Zachary's website linked in our show notes. Thank you for listening. Thank you.